Thank you, Steve. That was wonderful. I'm going to read you what I wrote. Thank you, Father, for giving me a voice to praise you and to share your goodness with others. And I'm sure everybody has something that God put within their souls to write down at that time. And uh, so this morning, I want to share with you a little bit about God and his goodness and his love and his ways. And I titled the teaching, By Faith or By Me. And Garrett shared on a couple of occasions, starting in the first Sunday of January, when we began meeting back here again, that God had put on his heart that moving into 2021, our theme would be by faith. So I want to talk a little bit about what it would mean, what it would look like to live by faith. And I also want to show you what it doesn't look like. And my title sort of gives both sides. We have by faith, we're going to see what that means. The opposite of living by faith would be living by me, would be living by Bob in my case. To learn to live by faith, because living by me, living by Bob is just the natural way we go about life. So if I'm going to live by faith, that's going to require on my part anyway, a learning curve and some adjustments. Now the idea of living by faith comes from scripture. God is the one who has put that thought out there that we can live by this thing called faith. And there's three different times that he says live by faith within the New Testament. That phrase or term by faith appears numerous times, but I want to read you in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and I'm going to look at verse 7. It says, "For we walk by faith, not by sight. Again, those are the two different ends of the spectrum, just like by faith or by Bob, or by faith or by sight. Before I got born again, before I became a Christian, I walked only by sight. I had no other choice. That was the only option available to me. But now I do have a choice. I can continue to walk by me, I can continue to walk by Bob, or I can learn some of God's ways and begin to walk by faith. Now, even though I now have had this ability to walk by faith for over 50 years, I have found that there are still areas of my life where I continue to walk by sight or by me. And the results have not been spectacular. Maybe you can identify with that. To walk by faith, if that's what we're going to do, we have to start by understanding what this word faith means. What is God talking about when he says by faith? Because we have this English word faith all over the planet. It's very common just in English speech, and it's all over the Christian world. But yet, for most people, it's a little vague. What does God mean? What is God talking about when he requests of us to live by faith? If we don't settle this, then we have no hope of doing anything by faith. And there's a lot of confusion about what it means to do something by faith. Now, in modern English usage, the word faith is used in two different ways. And if you looked it up in a dictionary, you would find many dictionaries will give you what they call a religious definition of faith, and they would give you what they call a non-religious or a secular definition of faith. And usually, the religious definition of faith goes something like this. Faith is believing something without proof. 
Ever hear of a definition, you know, faith used in a similar way to that? Most of us have. But then there's another definition of faith. And that is what they call the secular view of faith. And the secular definition of faith means to have complete trust or confidence in someone or something. To have complete trust or confidence in someone or something. That's really the biblical definition of faith. I don't know, you know, people can use things in a religious way all they like, but I'm interested in the biblical way God uses faith. And this word faith in the Bible means to have complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Now, in your Bibles, when you read it, you'll see two words that I want to point out to you. You'll see the word faith and you'll see the word believe. They don't look anything like one another in English. However, in the original language of the New Testament, which was Greek, they mean the exact same thing. One is a noun, one is a verb, but they come from the same root, which you don't see that in English, so that's why I'm telling it to you. So faith and believe both mean the exact same thing, and what they mean is to have complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Now, for us, The someone we have complete confidence in is God. And the something that we have complete confidence in is his word. Now, I want to give you a definition of this. Faith is being so confident in God that you change how you live because of what you believe. That's the essence of what God is talking about. You see, faith is not an opinion that you have. Faith is not simply knowledge that you have obtained. Faith is a confidence. It is when you are so confident in something that you are willing to adjust your life because of it. If you're not willing to change direction because of what you claim to believe, then you might have an opinion about the Bible, but you don't have faith. Faith always results in a change. Faith always results in making an adjustment. So if we're going to have faith in God, it means we trust him. It means we have confidence in him. And how's that done? How do you have confidence in God who is invisible? Well, what you really have confidence in is what he has said. And that's the same with people. If you say that you believe Bob, well, what does that mean? Well, you believe Bob. It means you believe something that Bob has told you. So if you're going to have faith in God, that means that you believe something God has said. You have accepted it as true, but not only have you accepted it as true, that's just the opinion part. You've accepted it as true, and you have so internalized it that you've been willing to change how you live because of what you now believe. Now, how do you get faith? A lot of people talk about this. I I, I wish I had more faith, like it's hiding somewhere. Faith isn't hiding somewhere. Faith is something that comes from within us when we hear something from God. Faith, more than anything else, starts with a decision you make about something God has said. That's what it says in Romans ten seventeen. It says, so then faith comes not by effort. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. because we're talking about biblical faith. Biblical faith comes from first hearing something that God has said. 
Faith is a response. Faith is not the initiator. Faith is a response. God is the one who is the initiator. I thought Steve brought that up in our worship time beautifully when he talked about God as the creator spoke first light into existence. God is always the first one who moves. Faith is not coming up with your own ideas and then asking God to bless them. That's not faith. Now, I have no problem coming up with our own ideas. But once you've come up with an idea, run it by God. Okay, if he gives you the thumbs up, then you can pursue it, and then you're pursuing it by faith. Once God weighs in, it can be by faith. So faith, where does faith start? It starts with God. It starts with God saying something. It starts with God making a promise. And our chief source of what God has to say is the Bible. And right after the Bible is God speaking to you directly. Because every Christian man and woman has the Spirit of God within them, which means God can talk to you. I know for many people that's kind of an unusual concept, but God can communicate to you. He can put things on your heart. He could speak audibly to you if he chose to, but he can introduce ideas into your heart and soul so that you can then make adjustments because of God's good ideas. And making those adjustments is what the Bible calls faith. To live by faith means that we trust, we rely upon, we have confidence in something that God has said to the place that we're willing to adjust. So the first step in faith, if you want to, how do I get faith? How do I build faith? Well, the first step is to hear what God says. Then you have to make a decision, just like anything else. Whenever you see any bit of information, you make a decision about it. Maybe as you were driving here this morning, you saw a sign planted at a corner by the side of the road. It said, make $5,000 a month from home, part-time, in your pajamas. Call 1-800-GET-CASH or something. So that's information, right? So you got this information. What are you going to do with that information? My guess is you did not slam on the brakes to write down the phone number. Okay? But you got information. You made a decision to keep driving past it. God's word, whether it's written in the scriptures or whether it's directly given to you, is information. But it is information from a very reliable source. It's information that we should pay attention to. So first we get God's information from his word, then we make a decision to accept his information as true. Most Christians get to that place. Oh, yeah, the Bible's true. Christians don't ordinarily say the Bible's a lie. I mean, I suppose some somewhere have, but ordinarily, that's not what Christians say. So we hear God's word, we have God's word, we say it's true, but then we stop. That's not faith. That's not faith. That's an opinion. What we need to do is to trust that information and act upon the Word of God. And I want to show you a record that illustrates this. It's a record about a healing. Jesus Christ, he healed lots of people. This is a healing in Mark chapter 3 where he healed a man with a paralyzed hand. It's one of my favorite records of healing in Scripture because it says a lot about Jesus. It says a lot about faith and how simple it is. In Mark 3 verse 1 it says, And he, Jesus, entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered or a paralyzed hand. And they, now if the, if the Bible had a soundtrack, then when I just read, and they, that's when the ominous music 
rises up, okay? They, in this verse, is talking about the Pharisees who were there to criticize Jesus, not to learn from him. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. Isn't that just like religion? Religion doesn't give any, doesn't give a, like I want to be careful what I say. Religion doesn't care. Religion doesn't care about the person. Religion cares about how it looks. Is he going to do it on the right day of the week? Hey, it's the Sabbath. They shouldn't be healing on the Sabbath. Who said that? Religion said that. God never said that. And Jesus said to the man with the withered hand, come here. Now, you get, now we've all lived long enough. We can read body language, right? You can see the Pharisees sitting there stroking their beards. You can tell, okay, this group over here, they don't like this guy so much. And if I'm going to walk over and stand next to this guy, Jesus, they're going to not like me so much either. But you know what? This man was more interested in deliverance and what God had in store for him than he cared about the criticism of the leaders of his nation. And so Jesus tells the guy, come here. So the guy comes and stands with him, and then Jesus turns to those people who were criticizing him for healing on the wrong day of the week. And he says, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. Usually when Jesus asked a question, it exposed hypocrisy. It exposed the darkness in a man or a woman's heart. And they just kept silent. And it says he looked round about them with anger. Oh, but I thought if you were a Christian, you never got angry. Well, who was more Christian than Jesus Christ? Okay? And he got angry. But he doesn't get angry about the things you and I get angry about. He doesn't get angry because somebody cut him off on Ogden Avenue or took the parking space at the grocery store. Jesus Christ got angry when somebody was standing in God's way when, they were, when God wanted to heal somebody. That's what angered Jesus. And then he said to the man, he didn't let his anger rule him. He recognized these people are trying to stop God, but he wasn't going to let that happen. The response of his anger was not a temper tantrum. The response of his anger was to heal somebody, to carry out God's will. And he said to the man, here's where we're going to get to faith. I know you're wondering, Bob, when are you going to start talking about faith? Nice stuff, but faith? He said to the man, stretch out your hand. This man's hand was paralyzed. This guy, everybody in the synagogue knew this guy. Synagogues were local gathering places. They all knew that his hand was paralyzed. Jesus says, stretch forth your hand. This man knows by long experience that stretching forth his hand is impossible. But you know what he does with that information? Jesus gave him what, what did he give him? Four words in English. Stretch out your hand. Four words. Four words, powerful words, if they're true. Jesus gave this man information, and he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. This man was healed 
by faith. Because remember, that is our theme for the year, by faith. What did this man do by faith? What is by faith in this record? He heard a promise from God. And instead of explaining to Jesus why he couldn't stretch forth his hand, he endeavored to do what he knew previously to be impossible. He took action on the word of the Lord. He took action on something that he heard. You see, you need a word from God. And here he had a word from the Lord. He had a word from God. Stretch out your hand. So now he knows from God's perspective this is possible, and he tried it, and he was healed. So you can't decide. You can't decide to walk on water, okay? If God tells you to walk on water, go right ahead. But you can't decide to walk on water on your own. That's by Bob. That's by me. That's not by faith. For it to be by faith, it's got to be something that God has first spoken, whether in his written word or directly to you. In everyday life, when you carry out something God has told you, that is living by faith. It doesn't matter if God told you on the pages of Scripture or directly through his Spirit. In fact, we should all expect both. I want to look at a contrast between by faith and by me. It's from Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. The word trust is simply the more common Old Testament word for the New Testament word believe. In fact, if you looked in the dictionary, most of the time the word believe would be defined with the word trust, and the word trust would be defined with the word believe. They're more or less interchangeable. It's just different languages. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Leaning on your own understanding is the opposite of biblical faith. Leaning on your own understanding is by me instead of by faith. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. By me is living by my own understanding, living according to my own comfort level, living in respect to my own fears, my own personal preferences, my own convenience. That's all by Bob. That's all by me. None of these common reasons for living life carry with them the blessings of God. And I want to give you some everyday, ordinary examples of what does it mean to live by faith? How can I live by faith as I leave the uh, center this morning? Here's some examples. I pray by faith. What does that mean when I say I pray by faith? Well, it means a couple of things. One, it means I pray because God has declared that he will hear and answer my prayers. So because God has said and given me access to him 24-7, I choose to pray, and I pray by faith. And when I talk to him, I have confidence that he will answer my prayers, not because I'm desperate for an answer, but because he's offered to answer them. Another way that I pray by faith is many times throughout the day, God will bring a a certain person or a certain situation before my mind. So if God were to bring before my mind Ron Flory, I would be praying for Ron. That is praying by faith because God is the one who brought Ron before my mind to pray for him. Another thing in prayer by faith, I, by faith, 
I pray for those who are in authority within our country, and actually I pray for those who are in authority in all countries. Even I pray for even those people I disagree with. And when I pray for somebody I disagree with, I don't pray that they will die. Okay? That's not, that's not my prayer for people I disagree with. I pray for them for the reason that God says, so that we can lead a quiet and peaceable life and worship and love God. Here's another one. I give by faith. I honor God with my finances, and I do that by faith. What does that mean? Well, it means God has said some things in his word about giving. He says that if you will honor him with the first fruits of your income, he will open the windows of heaven to pour out blessings for you. I believe that verse, therefore I act on it. I choose to tithe, to give God 10% of what I, my increase is. I do that by faith because God has made some awesome promises about that. People give for other reasons, though. Some people give out of obligation. Some people give, but they give their leftovers. They don't give their first fruits to God. Or people give to look good. Sometimes people just want to look good to others. All these are giving, okay? They're all giving. If you give out of obligation, that's still giving. If you give to be seen by men, that's still giving. But it's not giving by faith. Giving by faith is allowing God to direct your steps. Giving by Bob has no promises associated with it. Giving by faith does. Here's another one. I love by faith. I love by faith, which means I love even my enemies. I love people even if they oppose me. Now, anyone can love those who love them. Jesus said even the sinners do that. Anyone can love those who love them. That is not loving by faith. That is loving by me. Now, let me say something. It's good to love those who love you. That's a good thing, okay? Jesus wasn't saying that was a bad thing. But, love, but loving only those who love you is not nearly as powerful and world-changing as loving even your enemies, which is what God directs. So by faith I do that. Not because I feel like it, and obviously not because they're good to me, because they're my enemies, they oppose me. Here's another one that we need to practice by faith. And you need to do this by faith. By faith, I forgive. By faith, I forgive. God commands me to forgive those who have wronged me. It's not actually even a suggestion in Scripture. It's a command. I forgive people, not because they've apologized to me. I don't forgive people because I feel that they have deserved my forgiveness. I forgive people because God has told me in the face of any offense against my life, of any wrong that I have received, he wants me to offer people's grace. You know what grace is? Grace is something you don't deserve. A lot of times people refuse to forgive others because, well, he doesn't deserve it. Well, duh, that's the whole point of grace. Let me ask you, did you... Did you live your life in such a fashion that you deserved Jesus to hang on a tree for you? No, but he did. He didn't didn't hang on the tree because I deserved it. He hung on the tree because I needed it. People need our forgiveness. 
God tells me to offer grace, and God also tells me to let go of resentment. You need to do both. Sometimes people will offer grace, but they hang on to resentment. I had somebody tell me once, well, I don't have anybody to forgive. And I asked them, I said, well, is there anybody, the mention of their name makes you cringe? And, well, yeah. Okay, well, then you haven't forgiven that person. You haven't let go of the resentment. Maybe you're not screaming at them any longer, but you haven't let go of it. I bring myself to forgive by faith even when I don't want to. Living by Bob would hold a grudge. You ever hear the term nursing a grudge? You nurse it. Like it's a, oh, cute little grudge. Oh, isn't that sweet? I'm going to nurse this grudge. And that's what people do. They nurse it. They think about the wrong that they've received. And you know what it does? It changes them. It changes them. It ruins them. It doesn't have to be that way. If you forgive by faith, you're not ruined. You're liberated. Forgiveness liberates people. I know, I'm getting a little off topic here. You, you know when I'm off topic when I stop looking at my notes? You know, yeah, how long is he going to talk this morning? I don't know, he hasn't looked at his notes in like 10 minutes. Okay. So living by faith is obeying God's command to forgive with the full confidence that forgiveness is a better way than resentment. And the reason I know it's better is because God says so. Now, faith in Scripture is tied to the word obedience or to the idea of obeying. We don't like the word obey very much in our culture. We don't like the word obedience. But obedience is central to living by faith. And I want to show you a little bit more about it. Here it says, look at Romans 1.5. Do we have that one? I think we might. If, oh, we do. Well, I'm going to read it anyway. It says, through whom? Through Christ, we have received grace. Again, that something we don't deserve. And apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. The obedience of faith. When you believe God, you always carry out what he says. You cannot have faith without obedience. If you don't adjust your life, you don't have faith. You just have a good talk. Now, we don't, as I said, most people today, we don't like the word obedience. And the reason we don't like it is because we view obedience as doing something against our own will by force. That's what most people think of when obedience, that I have to do something against my will because of force. Rather than look at obedience as doing something against your will, why not look at obedience as doing something in light and in line with God's will? When you look at it that way, I am going to do something in light of God's will. That takes the emphasis off of me, because I don't want to live by me, and it puts the emphasis on God, who is the starting point of something by faith. By the way, the word translated obedience in the New Testament anyway, simply means to give a favorable hearing to something. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to give a favorable hearing to things that God says. And then to make a decision about that information. 
to decide, yeah, you know, I think that what God says is right. I think that's true. And then adjust your life because of it. So knowing what faith is, when, it, when God says do it by faith, what he means is to carry out, obey, act on, adjust your life to something that he has said. And knowing that that's what God means by faith is going to help you understand one of the great chapters in the Bible. It's Hebrews chapter 11. People call this the great chapter on faith. Some people call it the chapter on the heroes of faith. And common to all the people in Hebrews chapter 11 is that they heard something from God and adjusted their life based on what they heard. And, you know, God doesn't hold a gun to your head, by the way. So you don't have to adjust yourself to God's will. You don't have to do that. It's just a good idea. Because whose who's opinion do you want? You know, you know Ryan uh, Powers here. Ryan Powers works in construction. He's a handyman. If you need your sink faucet replaced, who would you rather listen to? Ryan Powers, who's done hundreds of sink faucets, or Bob Carden, who's done none. But I looked at a YouTube video, okay? So whose opinion would be better about replacing faucets? Well, Ryan's, of course. How about life? Do you want Bob's opinion about life or even your own opinion about life? Or how about the opinion of the person who invented life? So... Let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to look at verse 1. This is sort of a definition of faith, by the way. It says, now faith is. Oh, what is faith? Well, now faith is. What is faith? It is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. The reason that you can be sure and that you can be certain is because God has said something. And we trust that what God says is true. This is not, faith is not done without proof. You know, it's not without proof. It is based on a promise. Biblical faith is always based on something that God has said. That's something tangible. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's see, this ties in beautifully with what Steve shared this morning. It says in verse 2 of Hebrews 11, This is what the ancients were commended for. I I get a kick when I read that. This was written in about 60 AD. And I consider people who lived in 60 AD ancients. Okay? But here, this person in 60 AD is obviously talking about people who were as far removed from him as he is from me. So he calls them the ancients. They were commended for what? For faith. He says, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. We understand that by faith. What does that mean? It means the verse that Steve read for us during worship, that God created the heavens and the earth, that God spoke light into being. We believe that that's what occurred because God has said that that is what occurred. Verse 4 is an interesting one. How many of you have heard the story of Cain and Abel? Most people have heard that story of Cain and Abel. Two sons of Adam. 
both of whom offered sacrifices to God. One gave a sacrifice of a lamb. One gave a sacrifice of the produce of the ground. The sacrifice of the lamb was accepted. The sacrifice of the produce was not accepted. You ever wonder what was going on there? Does God not like vegetables? I have friends who don't like vegetables very much. Is God like that? He only likes meat? No. We're going to see what this was in a, a moment here. It says, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. Because it says by faith, you know what that means? It means God told him what kind of offering he should bring. Because if God hadn't told him, he might have still brought a lamb, but it wouldn't have been by faith. It would have been by Abel. So the reason that Abel's sacrifice was acceptable was because God told both Cain and Abel what type of sacrifice to bring. Abel complied with that and did what God had requested. Cain had a better idea. So Abel is by faith, Cain is by Cain. And whose was accepted? Abel's was. By faith, Abel brought got a better offering than Cain did. The only th- There's nothing intrinsically better f- than from vegetables to meat. What made it better was it was by faith. It was something God had said. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. By faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. His faith is an example to us even to this day. Now, one of my favorite people in Hebrews 11 is in verse 8. It's Abraham. This is by faith on a level that, you know, I'll be honest, I don't see in my own life very often. So this is the reason that Abraham is called the father of believing and not Bob, okay? But let's just read Abraham. It's a remarkable record. By faith, Abraham. So if it was by faith, it means God told him something, right? So by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Think about that. God did not give him an address. God just said, Abraham, get up, pack your belongings, and start to move. Didn't even told him where to go. How's that for faith? Abraham obeyed without the need to understand everything. One of the obstacles to living by faith today for most Christians is they want to understand everything. I want everything spelled out six ways from Sunday, then God, I'll be happy to do what you say. That's what people want. The greatest heroes of faith are people who would take God at his word even if God didn't explain everything up front. At times, we demand from God understanding. But what God asks for is faith. Jesus said in his prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Okay? Most people would prefer to alter that. Our Heavenly Father, give us this day all the bread I'm going to need for the rest of my life. Because then I'll be comfortable. But that's not what Jesus said. Give us this day our daily bread so that I can rely on him day by day. Moses is another great one on faith. In verse 27 of Hebrews, it says, By faith, Moses left Egypt, which meant God told him to leave Egypt. It wasn't his idea to go lead the children of Israel. It wasn't his ideas. 
not fearing the wrath of the king, even when the king was pursuing him with his armies. He endured as seeing him who is unseen. How's that? As if he's, you can't see the invisible God. But Moses acted on those words from God just as surely as if God was visible to him. Because what he knew of God was what he spoke. To live by faith means that we accept what God says is true to be of greater value than what the world says. And we believe that what God says is also more important. More important than what the world says. More important than what Bob says. Because it's by faith, not by me. And faith is easy. Believing is easy. We do it all the time. Right now, before I uttered a word of my teaching, you were living your life by faith. The problem was, not all of your faith was something that God had said. See, believing what people say is living by faith, right? It's just not living by faith in God. And that's the context in the Bible. Believing what people say doesn't always work out. Believing what God says does. See, it's not a question of do you have faith. It's not a question of do you live by faith. Of course you do. It's just that not all of our faith is in something that God has said. The people in Hebrews, they were no different than you or me. People are people. doesn't matter if they lived yesterday or 5,000 years ago. These people heard from God. They heard something from God. They adjusted their lives. We've heard things from God, just like they did. They adjusted their lives, so can we. Adjusting your life to something God has said is living by faith. It's the most exciting ride you're ever going to take. And I want us to do that together this year. You know, when God put impressed upon Garrett that this should be our theme, if he just wanted it the theme for Garrett, that it wouldn't have gone any further. That would have been fine. God just said, Garrett, I want you to live by faith this year. He would have said, okay. But then God moved him to share it with us so that we could be on a journey together of adjusting our lives to God. What has God spoken to you lately? You might say, well, I don't think God does speak to me. Oh, yeah, he does. Open the Bible. But even more than that, you have the Spirit of God within you. You I am sure you have had ideas cross your mind that were just too good to have come out of your own head. Okay? God is always introducing ideas and thoughts into our minds and our hearts. Follow them. You know, I have just learned that, especially, like, say, here's another thing. I teach by faith. doesn't mean I don't teach just because... I know how to read the scriptures. I look at the scriptures and I, and I allow God to work within me to direct me. And sometimes he'll just give me something to say like I hadn't thought about that at all. But I write it down because I want to do things by faith. And if God, if you're at work and you're pondering a problem at work and all of a sudden you get an insight, why not think, you know, this might just be something God has said. I ought to do something about that. Have you embraced what God is saying to you? Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we step back. We have a lot of reasons for not embracing God. Has God moved you to change, but you've allowed fear to paralyze you? As you read God's word, as you sit with God in prayer and listen, 
Allow God to direct your steps. Allow God to show you what your day can be about. And then go and live your life by faith. Let's love by faith. Let's pray by faith. Let's give by faith. Let's work by faith. And let's forgive by faith. In fact, why not just do everything by faith? Consult God. Allow him to work within you. And then carry it out because his ideas are best. Let me tell you something about faith. I want to, I want to tell you how faith is spelled. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. When God tells you something, like he told Abraham, just get up and move. Well, packing up everything you own and leaving, that's, that has a certain risk involved with it. The point is, was it Abraham's idea or did Abraham believe it to be God's idea? Abraham recognized it as God. So that's what he did. Did he take a risk? Yeah, he did. Did that man with the withered hand take a risk? Sure he did. He took a twofold risk. One, he could just look stupid if he didn't get healed. And two, he has all these Pharisees out there giving him dirty looks. Faith takes risks. But you know what? That man took the risk and his arm was healed. He could have played it safe. I've played it safe plenty of times. He could have played it safe. He was already accustomed to living with a paralyzed arm. He could have played it safe and died with a withered hand, or he could have taken a risk on a word of the Lord and seen his healing. Living by faith carries great blessings involved. You see, I don't want to miss anything that God has planned for my life. I have already missed too much, let me tell you. I've just already missed too much. Living by faith, Listen to this. Living by faith opens the door to let our dreams come true. Not the by me dreams, but the life that God has dreamed for you before the foundation of the world. By faith opens the door for that. Your life can be significantly different. And by different, I mean better, more exciting, more fulfilling than ever before, if we choose to live by faith. So let's pray together. Father God, thanks for this time in your word. Thank you, God, that you speak. You're not mute. Thank you, God, that you open your mouth, God, and thank you for ears, ears to hear. And I pray, Father, that we can, each and every one of us, recognize whatever it is that you are working within us today. What are you directing each of us to do in our lives? Something small, something big, something different? God, I ask that you help us recognize your voice, and then you give us the courage to follow it, Father. And I pray that this year of living by faith and every year after it of living by faith can be world-changing. And I pray in Christ's name, amen. Well, God bless you. You're wonderful.